Hey, what's up? This is Mark Lopes from Metal Church and Ross the Boss Band. And you are listening, watching CMS TV. And all you people out there, keep it fucking metal. presents and i of course am chris aiken and uh today on the show we are interviewing a true legend i know i say that a lot but um this guy's a legend for 40 years he's he's been sharing with us incredible music everybody on this entire planet has probably heard it i'm gonna think uh the band of course was motley crew you certainly knew him as the guitarist of that band for the entire life of that band and now he is going to show us the other side of his work. He has a brand new solo album coming out called The Other Side of Mars. It is out on February the 23rd. New single is out now called Loyal to the Lie. And here to talk all about it is the one, the only, the great Mick Mars. Mick, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you, Chris? I'm great, man. It is great Good. to talk. To, it's great to talk to you, man. Like hey, I was telling hey. you before, before we got started, man, uh, I, I've seen you guys all the way back to the i think to the aussie tour back way way back so but i never I, I never had any clout to get backstage i guess so it's great to talk to you well that 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 kind of stinks huh you know what maybe maybe not i don't know there's something about the mystery of a band especially when i was a kid you know there was something about that mystery that you guys were always bigger than life and cooler than me and you know that whole that whole thing especially in the early 80s i think it made the band you know just cool you know <laughs> thank you um you know what i i i felt the same about um like you know when i was growing up the stones and the beatles and and on up like you know uh blues bands paul butterfield all these people were very um mysterious because i could not meet them right you know and you're right on that and it's like that's kind of a a, a cool thing for me to hear you say that because uh you know i felt uh, maybe this is weird but i kind of felt like you know of course you know you do your thing and stuff but that mystery like a big jagger of a keith richards and stuff and you can meet them and stuff but they're still like this mysterious thing because we played with the stones a few times too right 
and it sure. was it was pretty cool right on well and and that's i i've said this a lot of times mick i've said that that is the the social media blitz has ruined rock and roll just because you learn to you learn everything there is to know about a lot of people that share too much on social media and yes. and in a lot of ways it, it kind of ruins that stigma of you know it was just cool if the only time you saw a band was in a copy of hit parader or maybe that rare tv show or something but for the most part you had to buy a ticket you got yep. all excited you drank in the parking lot for a few hours then you came in and just rocked <laughs> out and that's gone now uh, yeah yeah it is and ironically really is uh when uh, you know when i first discovered the stones mm -hmm. i was in the seventh grade okay and i went into this old uh like a quick stop kind of a thing they called them you totem in the okay. old days <laughs> and i was looking at like you know the rock magazines that are there and stuff hip parader and there's the stones i go wow look how cool these guys you know yes so that stuff you know yeah and and it's kind of it did you're exactly right it's kind of wrecked today yeah you know no you're right you're you're definitely oh, right <laughs> <laughs> right well mick let's 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 uh stay in today for a minute you have a you have a new release that's coming out um end of february called the other side of mars you've given everybody the first single now loyal to the lie yeah. uh great song I, I, I've listened to it 400 times like every other fan of yours has and the thing that immediately jumps out to me is it's almost distinctly not what you've done before it sounds like you're trying to explore some new area guitar wise it definitely it sounds like the collection of people you put together was purposeful to not sound like what you've done before how much of that is indeed what you were doing trying to incorporate new things that maybe didn't work in the past with motley or you had but just didn't bring to the table or stuff like that um you know you're exactly right you you hit the nail on the on the head uh when you said i was like way different from uh motley sure which is what i wanted to do the the part that was the scariest part about doing that stuff is because my guitar tone is known as you know like associated with motley sure it was sound uh and i was kind of concerned about that so i just played around a little more uh i mean the, it, it turned out well for me because it's like you know i i know that a lot of people were expecting probably more of a blues oriented thing or uh or uh kind of an extension of motley or something like that and i wanted to go a whole different route right or what do you call it and uh leaning leaning more towards the left you know instead of like uh the the, the beaten path i guess uh -huh. it was like i wanted to go somewhere with it i didn't know if it would work or not um i just did the stuff you know and and got acquainted with with uh different people like paul taylor and and jacob bunton and uh brian gamboa and and ray luzier of course sure. uh, you know but uh yeah and michael wagner of course 
Sure. And well, he did it, my stuff way back when I was a kid. Right. Sure. <laughs> sure. Well, let, let me ask about the band a little bit. Um, you know, you mentioned the guys and obviously raising corn and mm -hmm. Jacob has done a lot of different stuff, but he's, he's actually been more production wise in the last few years than he, than he has been an actual out front performer. Mm -hmm. Did you pick each guy purposely because you felt like they do something in their other bands or did they kind of come and jam with you and you just felt that it was the right thing? Um, when Paul came over, um, he was listening to some of my ideas and songs and stuff. And he was, he was like really liking where I was going with this thing. Cause it was odd. Sure. <laughs> like odd to him. And so it was like, not, not a challenge for him because he's a very talented guy. You know, he plays pianos and guitars and all, all this stuff. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. So he, you know, he, he, uh, he helped out a tremendous a lot. And, uh, he introduced me to Jacob because I was looking for not, well, I was looking for somebody that I, you know, a, a, apart from what's going on. And sure. Jake, to me, had that voice that isn't like, you know, that really, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I call yeah. it the, the um, it's different. Yes. Yes. And Brian's voice is different from that when he's yeah. saying on uh killing breed and undone. Right. Does that those songs right there? I was looking for more angst, more desperation. Okay. Which Jake, uh, Jacob is like a very solid, clear, clean powerful voice sure and uh um brian is also that but he has that angst to him like he, that desperation that i was looking for and so i was going yeah this is going pretty well i'm finding the people that i really really like you know which actually fit the songs better sure definitely for you, Mick, as, as a creative guy, which you always have been, how different was it to be writing more completely, like everything in the songs or, or I guess writing for yourself versus in the machine of Motley Crue? Cause Motley Crue is obviously, you know, you guys come up, came up with schedules and worked within a schedule and timing. And, you know, it was more of a machine where now you can really stretch out it doesn't have to sound like Motley Crue. It can sound like whatever you want now. Exactly. Was that hard? Was that easy? Was that welcomed or was it difficult? Um, it started out to be a little difficult when I met Paul, of course, it's like co-writing with me. Sure. It made it a lot, lot easier. And, uh, uh, it, it just, it just came, you know, and it was like, exactly exa both of us were exactly on the same page you know okay. and i and i go like uh can you do something like that and of course he, he does it like i go okay that's great you know and it, it, it's just it was just like instant click you know right and uh yeah so it was, it was a great thing and it's like no time limit 
Well, there is kind of for me because I'm not so young anymore. <laughs> Come on, Mick. What are you about 30? <laughs> I, I wish <laughs> if I was that age, friend, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you'd like me when I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> might have been good. It might have been better that I was out front instead of backstage, right? <laughs> I was never that mean, but you know, I don't know. I, in, uh, it's just no. a different time. I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. A whole lot different time. Yeah. Sure. Well, Mick, obviously we're, we're talking um, today about um, Loyal to the Lie. Uh, tell me about that song and, you know, the, the creation of it. Um, what I had, uh, you know, I see all these things. Uh, I mean, since I was a kid, uh, you know, here's your teacher. Here's your governor who's your i mean I, i'm not getting political with this sure, sure, sure. just making things but uh that one person to exactly tell you what to do when you have your own mind to make it up so all these people this the song is directed or not really directed but based around cults okay cults, right mm -hmm. they uh um Heaven's Gate. Sure. Um, Waco. Uh, Manson. Yeah. That guy. Kardashian is his name. Or what was his name? Um, God, I can't yeah. even think of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something like that. But Koresh. Yeah, David a, Koresh. Yeah. Koresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that kind of stuff. And, and if you've seen the video, you can see like flashes of, of, of that kind of stuff. And, the and, they're loyal to this one person, his lying, his manipulation, his this, his this, you know, and I don't understand that. You know, it's it's hard for me to, to figure out how you can live under one guy that tells you what to do, you know, right. you give him all your money, you give him all your clothes, you give him all of this, you, you practically give up your family for them. And what happens? They all end up in jail or dead. Yeah. I can't understand that to save my life, you know? You know? No, I do understand it to save my life, but I don't. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second on that just because I'll, uh, I'm going to ask the question is okay. the reason that you, that you don't see it that way because you were successful in life from a very early age where you never had to, I mean, from your what twenties or whatever, you were famous and rich and everything else. You never had to rely on anybody else. You never had to have that desperation to reach to somebody else and maybe fall prey to them. Um, I've had some rough times. In early oh, I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> um, you know, on the streets, you know, no house and right. Uh, but um, I guess what, you know, I didn't fall into that trap, I guess. Sure. Because I, I, I was going like, no, I got, I could think for myself. I don't need that. I mean, now, now granted, there are laws, you know, that, you know, you stay within the boundaries of, but this, these people that are just like crazy, you know, right. <laughs> like, like the 
the aforementioned people. <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I never, no, I, I never went for that kind of stuff. And it's like, to me, it was like crazy. And when I see it on TV or hear about it and stuff, I go, this is insanity. Why, right. why do you do that? You know, so it's stuck. It's there. It's still there, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and the memories, because I, I was there the whole time. You were probably not even born. Well, I'm 55, so I'm I'm a little yeah, older than you think, well, probably, but not that old. You, no, you you no, no, <laughs> you you weren't there on a couple of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, Mick, let's do this. Let's um let's uh end this uh, this episode with uh, the song "Loyal to the Lie." We'll play a little bit of the video, and um, just just to wrap it up, tell us a little bit about the video shoot itself. Was it fun to do? Did you write the treatment, or did somebody do it for you, or how did it come to be? Um, that was uh. More, more of a my idea, okay, you know, to, to bring that out. But uh, I also had uh, you know the collaboration with my wife, and all the footage you see me in the the trees and the forest and stuff. She filmed all that, okay, in my backyard. <laughs> nice, <laughs> not to wreck it or anything, but you know. Uh, and then uh, uh, the other guy that was putting the the thing together, his name is Norwood. Uh, and he added all the other edits and fast stuff and, you know, chopped it all up and did that. And it's like, uh, to me, for this particular song and for my very first solo video, it turned out pretty well, you know? Absolutely. Nope. Uh, yeah. 100% agree. Well, let's check it out right now. This is Loyal to the Lie. It is Mick Mars from the other side of Mars out on february the 23rd and mick we'll see you in a couple of weeks to talk about uh, the next single that's released sounds great to me I'm